0: chapter six part two of the spanish conquerors by irving Burdeen richmond this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six part two pizarro and the incas not only did the inca spurn the word of god but he at the same time said that he knew how the spaniards had maltreated his people all the way from tumbez even to burning some of them alive and that he required reparation here then was defiance complete defiance of all the powers of the powers temporal as well as those spiritual of emperor and of francisco pizarro as well as of god christ st peter and the pope and punishment was called for the hour the moment had come on hearing father valverde's report pizarro informed his brother hernando the latter in turn informed pedro de candia who discharged his falconets the signal agreed upon and the horsemen everywhere burst from cover in advance of all sword in hand and shouting santiago ran pizarro his object was the royal litter but ere he could reach it the attendants of Atahualpa had interposed themselves and there ensued a furious melee in the end amid great slaughter the litter was overturned and Atahualpa, the god descended his robes in tatters diadem and borla torn from his brow was dragged forth a captive montezuma fell before cortez a victim of vacillation the result of timidity bred of superstition atahualpa fell before pizarro a victim of assurance which was the result of arrogance entering Coxamarca late in the day atahualpa had notified pizarro that he would spend the night within its gates but with only a fraction of his forces and these unarmed what need forsooth of arms of copper-pointed spears of bows and arrows and of lassos had atahualpa was he not inca was he not literally child of the sun your god he is said to have boasted to father valverde was you say slain by men the work of his hands my god pointing proudly to the sinking sun dies but to live again that november evening fifteen hundred and thirty two pizarro and atahualpa supped together breaking bread with the defeated seems to have been an amiable if somewhat ironical spanish custom whether those so honored were themselves spaniards or not cristobal de olide had supped with his prisoners gil gonzalez and francisco de las casas but only to have his hospitality requited by slashes at his throat in the case of such requital was not to be apprehended the inca was too dazed to think of trying it himself and his followers were too profoundly overawed but dazed though altahualpa was he did not so remain on the morrow after his overthrow he noticed that while the spaniards brought in as booty many bales of beautifully woven woolen and cotton fabrics the things which as booty they esteemed most were the royal utensils of gold and silver if it were gold and silver the white strangers coveted he personally much preferred glass these metals abounded in peru why not purchase with them his own freedom freedom was valuable to him just then for the legitimate Inca, huascar his brother was himself a captive and when the latter should learn of the captivity of atahualpa what plots plots even with the invaders might he not concoct against him one day therefore as he and pizarro stood in a chamber of pizarro's quarters he suddenly offered to cover the floor with gold if his freedom were granted the offer provoked only a smile and atahualpa was piqued he stepped proudly to the wall and indicating a point thereon as high as he could reach offered to fill the entire room to that point with gold he also offered to fill a smaller room adjoining twice over with silver the only conditions he made were that the metals should not first be melted down but should retain the form of the objects into which they had been wrought and that he should have two months within which to fulfil his undertaking then ensued one of the most wonderful episodes in history each day there went forth from the presence of atahualpa couriers to the four quarters of the empire and ere long in answer porters began to appear bearing all manner of gold and silver objects jars vases ewers salvers and goblets from the temples to say naught of hammered golden sheets an occasional throne pedestal or sun they brought too wonderful things from the official dwellings the palaces of the inca such for example as fountains designed to emit sparkling jets of gold miniature gold-birds and beasts trees also plants with leaves flowers and fruit fields of maize with leaves heads canes roots and flowers and flowers of the field with petals stems and leaves so gleaming indeed were the long files of porters under their golden packs that as beheld afar they seemed veritable threads of gold caught from point to point across the landscape a circumstance which helped materially in collecting the treasure was that hernando pizarro and hernando de soto had conceived for atahualpa a genuine liking a suite of rooms was assigned him and within these he maintained his customary state here he amused himself with his concubines here with great animation and skill he played dice and chess games learned from his conquerors and here he received his vassals in audience none of whom however great presumed to enter before him without first removing his sandals and placing a burden on his back the point to which atahuapa had agreed to fill pizarro's chamber with gold was some nine feet from the floor and the floor dimensions were about seventeen by twenty-two feet as this space of over three thousand cubic feet began to gradually lessen under the heaps and piles of gold thrown into it did francisco pizarro reflect twenty years before first in comogra's country when on the picandarian and finally on the shores of the gulf of san miguel he a dutiful lieutenant to balboa had heard intimations of peru of peru the golden somewhere to the south since then balboa had forfeited his head and he alone had found peru had columbus found it or behaim or alonzo Pinzon, how each would have wrestled with geography to prove that he had found if not cathay and Cipangu, at least india at least the golden Cherenisi. columbus on his fourth voyage would have seen in peru capping the stem of the earth as from its altitude it might well have been thought to do the earthly paradise and to cordez had he found it it would have answered more even than did mexico to the requirements of that land when solomon is said to have brought the gold for the temple it took longer to fill pizarro's chamber with gold up to the nine-foot point than atahuapa had counted on for as the drain became severe the public guardians especially in the temples began to secrete their treasures at length Pizarro, waxing highly impatient atahualpa who too was impatient proposed that the former send out collectors of his own they might go to pachacamac puru's shrine to an unknown god very ancient and very rich or they might go directly to cuzco where more than anywhere else the gold and silver of the inca government was massed and at either place they might help themselves they went to both places and what they brought back was from pachacamac twenty-seven loads cargas of gold and two thousand marks of silver and from cuzco two hundred loads of gold and twenty-five loads of silver a load three hundred and thirty-three pounds was what could be carried by four indians and as part of several such loads from cuzco there were brought seven hundred gold plates stripped from the temple of the sun each plate being ten or twelve inches wide and weighing from four to twelve pounds it was now june fifteen hundred and thirty three and although the nine-foot level in pizarro's chamber was not yet quite attained it was deemed expedient to melt down the collection and value it preparatory to a division so valued it reached a total of one million three hundred and twenty six thousand five hundred and thirty nine pesos de oro or counting the purchasing power of a peso as eleven dollars and sixty seven cents nearly fifteen million five hundred thousand dollars in american money nor did this include the silver of the smaller chamber which was estimated at fifty one thousand six hundred and ten marks no such treasure had ever before been amassed by a conqueror so gigantic was it so staggering that had pizarro sought for it a parallel he must needs have betaken himself not to marco polo's east or that of ibn Batuta, but to the east of the arabian nights entertainments the genie so runs a familiar tale returned with forty black slaves each bearing on his head a heavy tray of pure gold each tray was covered with silver tissue embroidered with flowers of gold the genie disappeared but presently returned with the forty slaves ten of whom carried each a purse containing a thousand pieces of gold but most of all to be coveted were four large buffets profusely furnished with large flagons basins and cups all of massy gold so was it with aladdin and so without hyperbole was it with pizarro desiring to impress his king with the wealth of peru that peru which he alone had conquered pizarro in the same year in which he melted down his treasure sent to spain his brother hernando with the fifth portion belonging to the crown and with half a million pesos de oro besides the custom-house at seville it is said overflowed with solid ingots not to mention vases animals flowers and fountains all of pure gold the populace were dazed the court aghast for successful adventurers were not loved at court and the king delighted cortez had created a flurry with his wheels of gold and silver sent home in fifteen hundred nineteen and had all of his gleanings from montezuma been got together in one place and at one time they would have made an enduring impression but for the most part spain never saw them for they were either captured by francis i of france or lost during the noche triste when Cortes and pizarro met at palos in fifteen hundred and twenty eight the cry in spain was all Cortes and mexico after the coming of hernando pizarro to seville in fifteen hundred and thirty four the tables were completely turned the cry then and ever after as long as Cortes and pizarro lived was pizarro and peru but to go back a little it was midsummer fifteen hundred and thirty three and pizarro had decided to march to cuzco his real objective since the day when bartolome ruiz had heard of it and its splendor from the indians on the raft off tumbez seven full months had he lingered at caxamarca and all the gold that could be gathered there he had obtained besides almagro was again in peru he had landed late in december fifteen hundred and thirty two with three ships piloted by ruiz and with a force consisting of one hundred and fifty foot soldiers and fifty horsemen pizarro was glad of the reinforcement whether he was glad of the personal presence of almagro is not so certain almagro was pizarro's partner his only active partner for lucca was now dead and to apply the motto of the present chapter he that has partners has masters if Amagro was pizarro's master this was a relationship for the future to disclose up to the present Amagro's only recompense for toil and a lost eye had been the captaincy of tumbez whatever that might import and against pizarro his soul was bitter nor was the news which greeted him at san miguel whither he came from tumbez of a sort to appease Pizarro had scaled the Andes, had seized the Inca of Peru, and from the latter was exacting an enormous ransom in these momentous transactions. Where did Amagro Pizarro's partner figure? Did he figure at all? The magro determined to see with his men, he too scaled the Andes, and in February fifteen hundred and thirty three was at Caxa Hence, Pizarro's decision to march to Cuzco for not only had he exhausted the gold to be obtained at caxamarca but in order to meet the expectations and demands of his followers now by Amalgro's arrival quite doubled in number he needed yet more gold of the fifteen and one-half million dollars in pizarro's hands as revealed by the melting down and weighing of his main treasure Amalgro's company would seem to have been quieted with some two hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars their harvest it was explained to them awaited them in cuzco what amalgro himself consented to receive is nowhere told to pizarro and his men as those by whom thus far the conquest had actually been achieved there fell immense sums to pizarro himself nearly seven hundred thousand dollars to say nothing of two thousand three hundred marks of silver to hernando pizarro nearly three hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars without counting silver to de soto two hundred and seventy thousand dollars not counting silver to each horseman one hundred and three thousand dollars and to the foot soldiers the most meritorious of them nearly fifty-two thousand dollars each and now on every hand and especially from amagro's contingent the cry arose on to cuzco but said pizarro wait what about Atahualpa?" the indian monarch had in substance if not in letter kept his word regarding his ransom and was now demanding freedom should freedom be given him early in his captivity the news that he was paying vast sums to pizarro as a ransom had come to the ears of the legitimate inca who was in captivity near cuzco and huascar proceeding to do what atahualpa had surmised he might had surreptitiously entered into relations with the spaniards and offered a greater ransom for freedom than the ransom offered by atahualpa what a situation was here and how completely to the spanish advantage it admitted the playing off of one hostile element against another and a spaniard like cortez would have triumphed by it but pizarro was not cortez what he did was to leave huascar in atahualpa's power at the same time incautiously let it be known to atahualpa that huascar was outbidding him the natural result followed huascar by order of atahualpa was quietly put to death atahualpa at liberty must in any event be to the spaniards no small menace but with huascar out of the way the menace was yet greater what should be done with him the general voice was for killing him against this some protested notably hernando de soto and had hernando pizarro been then in peru his protest probably would have backed that of de soto but the general voice so far prevailed that in august the inca was brought to trial some of the charges against him were unfair as for example that he was an idolater and that he kept concubines but two of them may have been genuinely conceived one that he had injured the spaniards by diverting part of his treasure and the other that he had done so by the murder of huascar a final charge there was and its genuineness was manifest to wit that he was plotting an insurrection against spanish rule the result of the proceedings was that Atahualpa was found guilty and was condemned to death at the stake but on his recanting his own faith and professing himself a christian his sentence was commuted at night on august twenty ninth fifteen hundred and thirty three in the plaza of caxa he was strangled with a bowstring for the march to cuzco all at last was clear a start was set for early in september and when the day arrived loud did the spanish bugle shout from their golden throats no more uncertainty no more delay ho now for el dorado ho for regal cuzco and the temple of the sun the way along the quito cuzco road was precipitous and owing to the cliffs and stairways chasms and raging torrents the latter spanned only by swaying bridges of osier, the spanish force of nearly five hundred men had much ado to keep a footing nor was this all on the march the conqueror was much harassed by indian attacks and suspecting these to be instigated by one of atahualpa's captains chalcuchima by name whom he had with him as a hostage he ruthlessly destroyed that worthy by burning him at the stake pizarro entered cuzco two hours before sunset on november fifteenth, fifteen fifteen hundred and thirty three a year to a day from the time when he had entered Caxamarca. how did this capital of the incas look to him situated a hundred and fifty miles northwest of titicaca it lay in a valley dominated by steep hills and distant mountains on one of the hills reposed a huge cyclopean fortress saxahuaman accentuated by towers square and round a relic of that megalithic or great stone age which preceded the inca period but what presumably attracted pizarra most were the structures of the town itself the palaces and temples wherein lay the treasure grouped in the main about a plaza with heavy inward sloping stone walls pierced by doorways broader at bottom than top they made a picture that was curiously egyptian these buildings were numerous too for not only was the town large over a hundred thousand souls perhaps but when any great kuskun died inca or nobleman, his abode passed to no successor but was maintained in all respects as though he were yet alive far more than mexico tenochtitlan was cuzco a holy city the supremacy there of one religious cult sun worship fostered monotheism and monotheism demanded a supreme temple hence that shrine of the sun noblest edifice in america since the days of splendor in yucatan a sight of which the spaniards had so ardently craved there now it lay in a court of flowers one end rounded into an apse its outer wall embellished by a golden cornice three feet in depth pizarro must soon have visited the interior that interior whence largely had come the seven hundred golden plates and where now was to be seen the sun himself in the guise of a resplendent golden disc flanked by mummies of incas his departed children posed on golden thrones sustained by golden pedestals but in cuzco religion did not exhaust itself with one temple even though that temple was supreme the whole city reflected religion indeed was based upon it so true was this that the center the polaris of the empire as distinguished from the four quarters was the center of the plaza of cuzco here in the form of a golden vase was a fountain and about this before dawn on the day of the summer solstice peruvians were wont to gather by tribes to worship and to worship what not an image of the sun but the sun himself if perchance he should appear that he would appear was not taken for granted he might not would he show his face on this great day anxiety reigned dread even then over the mountains the silent herald dawn and following the sun all very splendid but not anything that pizarro saw or would have rejoiced in had he seen it to him no less than to father valverdi the whole ceremony would have been utter infidelity rank idolatry a celebration to be straightway suppressed as in fact it was with regard to the treasure actually uncovered at cuzco or on the way thither slabs of silver twenty feet long by one foot broad gold-enwrapped mummies of inca queens and other precious objects the quantity was vast but not so vast not by half as the quantity already divided almagro's men by waiting for their harvest until cuzco was reached did not fare as well as they would have fared at Caxamarca. certain it is though that they fared too well to show signs of discontent discontent on their part when it came as come it inevitably did was for a cause quite different three definite stages of the peruvian conquest there were that of preparation that of active hostilities and that of accomplishment it is however a peculiarity of this conquest that the last stage that of amassing treasure and of seizing dominion instead of following upon the state of active hostilities largely preceded it and gave rise to it now therefore for a glance at the stage of active hostilities here pizarro does not shine as he did in the preparatory stage of patience and endurance a new man dominates the scene pizarro's brother hernando hernando pizarro is ever a figure knightly and romantic unlike the rest of his family he was neither illegitimate nor ignorant though like them he was poor and had his way to make that he could be chivalrous appears from his attitude toward Atahualpa an attitude shared by an associate hernando de soto in these of our pages devoted to mexico and peru three figures stand out as representatives of that chivalry illustrated in the amadis of gaul and satirized in don quixote not so much vasco nuñez de baboa hernán cortés and francisco pizarro as rather juan de Cui-Yalva, hernando de soto and hernando pizarro men whom we instinctively associate with scenes of the tourney with splintered spear-shafts and shivered brands but hardly less with perfume and flowers that lightly rain from ladies hands hernando pizarro it was to cite an incident romantic as well as practical who on the expedition which he led to pachacamac gave the memorable order that the spanish horses were to be shod with silver in lieu of iron hernando pizarro too it was who as pizarro's emissary to spain performed with courtliness the duty of laying at the royal feet the incomparable riches of the incas a further duty in spain he discharged and one surely not lacking in chivalry he assented to and even promoted the interests of Amalgro, whom he did not like by joining with the latter's agent in procuring for him along with the title of mariscal or marshal a grant of two hundred leagues beginning where pizarro's grant left off but where did pizarro's grant leave off to this question the answer involves much the story of peru to the death of amagro then to the imprisonment of hernando pizarro for that death and finally to the death of the conqueror himself returning from spain in the summer of fifteen hundred and thirty five hernando pizarro brought with him orders extending the jurisdiction of pizarro seventy leagues beyond the two hundred to the south of the river santiago earlier allotted him and bestowing upon him the title of marquis de los atavillos but already at cuzco it had come to almagro's knowledge and hence to pizarro's that the former had received a grant to the south of that of pizarro therefore the question did two hundred and seventy leagues south from the river santiago fall short of cuzco and so deliver that prize to almagro or beyond it and so confirm it to bizarro contending strenuously that cuzco fell to him amagro nevertheless soon after june fifteen hundred and thirty five set out for chile a land possibly richer than peru one in any event undeniably his to exploit de soto eager for adventure would fain have gone with the marshal but failed to gain consent there did go however an auxiliary party of natives under the chief medicine-man of cuzco the villac such as between the partners pizarro and amalgro was the situation when pizarro found himself beset by another difficulty the indians of peru were at last awake in behalf of their land and their religion of the ashes of their fathers and the temples of their gods they had begun against the spaniards a mighty revolt by the time this revolt broke forth on april 18, fifteen hundred and thirty-six pizarro had accomplished three considerable undertakings or rather one such undertaking for the other two had been accomplished for him rather than by him late in fifteen hundred and thirty-three or early in fifteen hundred and thirty-four sebastian de banalcazar had seized quito then pedro de alvarado our earlier acquaintance blond and daredevil having heard of quito as a rich quarry had disembarked against it at caracas but had been headed off by amagro backed by Benalcázar, and for a consideration called his expenses had agreed to leave the country lastly on january sixth fifteen hundred and thirty five pizarro had founded as the capital of peru the city of lima but to seize the thread of our story on the execution of atahuapa pizarro found that while a captive inca might be an embarrassment no inca at all would be a greater embarrassment still he thereupon promptly filled the place of the dead inca by naming as his successor one of atahuapa's brothers toparca on the way to cuzco toparca died and a brother to the murdered huascar called manco inca coming forth to greet pizarro with professions of loyalty was accepted as inca and received the borla manco inca with studied indian craft disarmed spanish caution and laid deep and secret plans in fifteen hundred and thirty six hernando pizarro commanded in cuzco where were also his brothers juan and gonzalo and though by this time manco inca had in a measure betrayed his hand hernando in his chivalrous way treated him with confidence on the eighteenth of april manco in company with his chief medicine-man who had left Amagro, quietly departed from cuzco on a pretext of visiting the burial-place of huanacucupac and once beyond pizarro's reach summoned in council the caciques and war-captains of peru i am resolved declared the inca to rid this land of every christian and shall first lay siege to cuzco then ordering to be brought two large golden vessels full of wine let such as are with me he exclaimed pledge themselves herein to the death the fight for cuzco centered around the huge fortress of sacsahuaman this at first the indians were able to seize and hold by setting on fire the the combustible thatched roofs of the town and so forcing the spaniards to huddle together in the plaza but after a week of mingled struggle and endurance the fortress was scaled and captured its last defender was a peruvian of giant size and prowess one of the war chiefs who had pledged himself in the wine this hero seeing all was lost sprinkled dust upon his head toward heaven then cast himself down upon the foe and so perished while hernando pizarro was defending cuzco his brother the conqueror was at lima his new capital here he was besieged but the country being level he was able to beat off the enemies by the aid of his horsemen his great concern was cuzco Thither he dispatched what aid he could, but with ill success, for the party was intercepted, and the severed heads of divers of them were thrown at Hernando's feet. But he did more, he appealed for aid to the entire world of Spanish America, to Panama, to Nicaragua, to Guatemala, to New Spain, and to Espaniola. That is to say, he appealed among others to Pedro de Alvarado and to Hernan Cortes, and by Cortes at least aid was sent in the struggle for cuzco indian warfare was exhibited to europeans on a scale hitherto unparalleled not alone were there warriors in countless masses such had there been in mexico not alone were there tossing crests waving banners and panoplies of featherwork such had there been in mexico not alone were there forests of long lances and battle axes edged with copper such things or similar had there been in mexico but there was displayed something besides something which in mexico had not been quite the same to wit real military intelligence though in general softer of fiber than the aztec both intellectually and physically the peruvian sometimes outdid the aztec in wit to the peruvian for example the white stranger was less a preternatural being than to the aztec the former too feared the horse somewhat less it is even said by herrera that so accustomed to the horse had the peruvian become by the time of the struggle for cuzco that he was occasionally to be seen on horseback himself a statement which sir arthur helps distinctly challenges but the circumstances most significant for us in the cuzco battles battles hotly contested for in one of them juan pizarro was killed are the skill the valour the caution the perseverance and the knightly bearing of hernando pizarro this capable leadership especially in its knightly aspect appears to an even higher degree however in the contest next to arise one in which the peruvian forces were divided between warring factions of the invading spaniards it was fifteen hundred and thirty-seven and almagro was back from chile weary starved frostbitten sun-blistered disillusioned and disgusted he had returned no more chasing of will-o'-the-wisps for him cuzco fell within his province he knew it so cuzco he would have seeking but failing to make friends with manco inca who lay with a strong force outside the city Almagro overthrew him in fight and disregarding an armistice with hernando pizarro for an adjustment of boundaries by pilots on the stormy night of the eighth of april he stole into cuzco and surprising hernando and gonzalo pizarro in their beds promptly seized them and imprisoned them in the temple of the sun the feud long maturing between the partners pizarro and Amagro was now squarely at issue first Almagro defeated pizarro's lieutenant alonzo de alvarado and thereby made his tenancy of cuzco secure next gaspar de espinosa luca's successor in the partnership arriving from panama sought to reconcile Amagro with pizarro but died in the midst of his efforts then almagro becoming aware of pizarro's increasing force consented to arbitration over this the partners met embraced one another and wept there had in the past been many meetings of reconciliation between pizarro and almagro and at all of them tears had been freely shed once the partners had even had recourse to the church and had divided between them the host nor were these meetings all mere fustian and hypocrisy not at any rate with almagro old ugly scarred and of inferior physique he was at the same time capable of feeling and of manifesting the profoundest generosity despite tears and embraces the arbitration had not succeeded but a treaty was made whereby hernando and gonzalo pizarro were set at liberty on stipulation that the question of cuzco be left to the king and that hernando pizarro leave peru within six weeks then suddenly there developed a further phase in the pizarro-amagro feud hardly had the treaty been concluded when a messenger from spain brought word that each partner was to retain what he had already conquered and peopled both hereupon claimed to have conquered cuzco and pizarro having the stronger following declared the treaty annulled and prepared for battle the principal commanders on the side of pizarro who had himself withdrawn to lima on account of his years were hernando and gonzalo pizarro alonzo de alvarado and pedro de valdivia on the side of almagro there were almagro himself too much incapacitated to fight but watching the field from afar in a litter pedro de lerma a deserter from pizarro and above all rodrigo de organez a doughty implacable soldier trained under the constable of bourbon as for the forces they were nearly equal on pizarro's side some six hundred and fifty men and an almagro six hundred and eighty whereof about two hundred and eighty and three hundred respectively were horsemen battle was joined on april sixth fifteen hundred and thirty eight a short way out of cuzco on the plains of salinas and by the encounter that took place such cavaliers as hernando pizarro rodrigo de organez and pedro de lerma must have been reminded of combats in the old world one circumstance however rendered it peculiarly a new world combat almagro's men divers of them wore corslets morions and arm-pieces hammered out of silver by doubling the quantity of silver used as compared with iron they succeeded in producing so they said an armor as strong as that forged at milan in any event it was as pretty a melee of knights gentlemen and foot soldiers as one might wish to see for not only were their skill and prowess but as occurs, not seldom in partnership readjustments a becoming amount of deadly animosity but more particularly what of hernando pizarro a very perfect gentle knight hernando was and as such careful of his appearance over his corslet he wore a surcoat of orange damask fastened to this was the cross of the order of santiago given him by the king and above his morion floated a tall white plume these embellishments looked well but there was more to them than that being a true sir knight he had wrongs to avenge and he wished his enemies to be able to distinguish him easily in the press and to have every opportunity to encounter him at one point only was he at a disadvantage and a bit of a don quixote he was not handsome he was tall which was well but his lips hung heavy and his nose was bulbous and red at the end the challenge of the flame-coloured surcoat and white plume did not pass unheeded pedro de lerma spurred against pizarro with whom his relations were peculiarly strained and pizarro spurred against lerma the lance of lerma took effect chiefly upon pizarro's horse forcing him back on his haunches and unseating the rider while pizarro's lance pierced his adversary's thigh indeed this special bout was a kind of ivanhoe and bryant de bois gilbert affair for neither combatant quite overcame the other and the unhorsed knight springing erect drew his sword to try conclusions on foot organez meanwhile grim and sinister was himself seeking bizarro his training had been in a harsh school which believed that dead men do not bite and when hernando was in Amagro's power Organyas had urgently advised cutting off his head like richard of gloucester at bosworth field or at salinas would seem to have been haunted by a presentiment that he was doomed to die first though he would kill the usurper pizarro his rushes therefore were headlong and fierce one cavalier whom from a bright surcoat he thought to be hernando he charged and ran through another he likewise pierced with his lance and a third he cut down with his sword then wounded in the head by a chain-shot and his horse being down he yielded to numbers his sword he delivered up to one of pizarro's squires a cowardly fellow who stabbed his helpless prisoner to the heart throughout the battle the hills about the plains of salinas were covered by onlooking indians auxiliaries of almagro but they merely looked on and wondered and took no part the more the spaniards slaughtered one another the greater the gain to the natives and considering the numbers engaged the slaughter was great in less than two hours more than one hundred and fifty knights and foot soldiers were killed outright lerma received seventeen wounds and escaped only to be murdered in his bed after the battle then came almagro's turn not that he was immediately made way with but was put in prison and treated with consideration in connection with his imprisonment severe criticism has been visited upon hernando pizarro in cuzco there were many Almagrists, and so long as their leader lived peril to the stability of the pizarro regime was imminent plots for the prisoner's liberation were rife under these circumstances hernando pizarro disregarding tears pleas for mercy and reminders of how his own life had been spared by almagro permitted the latter to be condemned to death whether in so doing hernando was actuated by a sense of duty or was simply displaying something of spanish primitivism a quality so conspicuous and pedrarias is a question on july eighth fifteen hundred and thirty eight 1538, diego de almagro was strangled in prison and the next day the body was shown in the plaza with the head cut off almagro dead was now more his partner's master than he had been when alive hernando pizarro sailed in fifteen hundred and thirty nine for spain to explain matters to the king he was however anticipated by a friend of the dead partner diego de alvarado and was coldly received alvarado on his part challenged hernando to mortal combat but died before the ordeal of battle could be essayed yet hernando pizarro did not escape punishment for the death of amagro but was shut up in the fortress of medina del campo where he was kept a prisoner for twenty years on leaving peru Hernando pizarro had cautioned his brother the conqueror to beware the men of chile the Almagrists. they formed a distinct element both in cuzco and in lima and at the latter place under the leadership of juan de rada the one-time follower of cortez dreamed and conspired against the conqueror's life finally on june twenty sixth fifteen hundred and forty one their plottings bore fruit on that day at noon to the number of eighteen or twenty they surprised pizarro in the government house and slew him in cold blood with the conqueror at the time were several persons notably his brother martin of alcantara the least prominent of the family but like all of them valiant and a good swordsman the onset of the conspirators was furious pizarro was not able so much as to secure the door against them or to put on his corslet martin fought desperately but was soon cut down thereupon pizar wrapping his left arm in his cloak seized his sword and did bloody execution but at length receiving a thrust in the neck he fell to the floor jesu exclaimed the fallen conqueror and tracing on the floor a cross in his own blood he bent to kiss it and so died of the four brothers of pizarro two were now dead and one was in permanent confinement in spain there was left in peru gonzalo pizarro only his career like that of the conqueror was checkered in fifteen hundred and forty in obedience to orders he had made exploration from the andes eastward on this expedition one of his lieutenants francisco de oriana sailed down a stream traversing a country where the women fought by the side of their husbands a country of amazons and at length passed into the atlantic ocean in fifteen hundred and forty four gonzalo pizarro made himself governor of peru he aspired it is said to become its absolute ruler and lord and had he but heeded the counsel of his master of the camp francisco de carayal he might have succeeded as it was in april fifteen hundred and forty eight he was defeated in battle by forces of the crown and was beheaded the same year in which gonzalo pizarro had gone eastward from quito another explorer pedro de valdivia had gone southward into chile and here on september three fifteen hundred and forty four he founded the city of valparaiso in fifteen forty seven valdivia returned to peru and was instrumental in bringing defeat on gonzalo pizarro with regard to the Almagrist party on the execution of their leader they set up his natural son diego as governor but he was pronounced a rebel by the crown and in fifteen hundred and forty two after the death of his able supporter juan de Rada, was overthrown in battle captured and put to death in this conflict our old acquaintance pedro de candia was almagro's artillerist but falling under suspicion of treachery was ridden down and killed by almagro himself from among the interesting figures in peru under the pizarro regime there remains to be accounted for only the inca manco not long after his defeat by almagro he took refuge in a fastness of the andes the spot it is thought was the megalithic town of machu picchu whence the incas had sprung here with his concubines the virgins of the sun he kept court receiving and succoring outlawed spaniards beings no longer regarded by any indian as preternatural here to about fifteen hundred and forty four he died struck down it is said at a game of bowls by a spaniard with whom he had an altercation after fifteen hundred and forty five zeal for conquest in america on the part of spain tended perceptibly to die down as early as fifteen hundred and thirty five well within the lifetime of Cortes, who did not die till fifteen hundred and forty seven a viceroy had been sent to mexico one was sent to peru in fifteen hundred and forty three with these appointments government in Spanish America gradually became more stable. Vast now, seemingly, was the interval since the day when responding to the lure of Antilla of Sipangu and of the Cathay of Marco Polo, Columbus had set sail from Palos for the land where the sunsets go End of chapter six End of the Spanish Conquerors By Irving Burdeen Richmond